Welcome to the podcast series, Animated Living, where we help you to live out the best version of you, the most animated version of you. I'm Ian Freestone, and I'm your host. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Animated Living. My guest today is Leonie Claric, who is CEO and founder at Be Money Wise. Leonie, what's Be Money Wise all about? Well, be money wise is being wise with whatever money you have. Okay, so fantastic. It was just trying to encourage people to. Um, I bought property when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I want to encourage others to be wise with their money early on, so get mm-hmm. the money working for them. Okay, terrific. And why are we talking about money on animated living? <laughs> because I think what motivates me to have you on this uh, mm-hmm. podcast and what I've seen over the years is how crippling. Uh, bad decisions about finances mm, can mm, be for people and correct. the situations that people can mm. get themselves into. And it really has the potential, done badly, to mm. rob us of life. Mm, Manage well, it can bring a lot of freedom to our mm, lives. Correct. So uh, animated living isn't all about spiritual, esoteric. It is about practical living mm, in daily life. Mm. So uh, I really want someone who's keen on helping people with finances to come on this podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So that's what we're all about today. And uh, I'm going to give it over to Leonie to do most of the talking because uh, this is her area of expertise. But Leonie, why don't we just start a little bit by talking about your childhood and youth because I think your background of how you came to be doing what you're doing now Mm -hmm. is story of contrast mm-hmm. and would be interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I suppose um, I grew up, my mother left uh, four children under five and I was 18 months at the time. So my dad couldn't look after us. So we went into an orphanage and at the time they don't have the orphanages like they do now. Uh, people get fostered out. So people went there if um, they'd been molested, mm-hmm. um, if a parent couldn't look after them. I think I had a friend whose mother killed father killed the mother, so um, they didn't have anywhere to place kids. Mm. They put them in this orphanage at Ride. So how old are you at Um, this point? So I was four years old. Wow. So up until four, we sort of got passed around. Um, But then Dad realised that it was important that we all stay in the same place, and he felt that he had to go out and work, so who would look after the children? So uh, we had an auntie that we've got... I've got four aunties that are nuns, and they were mercy nuns, and the mercy nuns were looking after them. Um, So he felt that it was great for us to go to the one spot to have a little bit of continuity with uh, going to school and that we would be well looked after there. So he made that choice. And while growing up in the orphanage, for me, it wasn't bad. I loved structure and I adapted quite well. Um, I quite, uh, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I didn't know any different. Mm. So probably the re, you know, when I was in the orphanage, I realised that it really, this is not normal and that for me, um, I wanted to own my own business and that's mm. what sort of a seed was planted in me that I wanted to, um, I knew that if I had my own business, then I could change my life for the mm-hmm. future and mm-hmm. money would, you know, give me power to do that. Yeah. Did so, you go to a, like a Catholic school that was connected to the yes, orphanage? Yes, so across the road. So there was a Catholic school across the road that mm-hmm. we would go to. And then, so every morning we would get up, we would have to sweep out our room, we'd go and have breakfast in a community centre. Um, and it was all very structured. I'd do piano lessons. Um, yeah. 
I did Irish dancing, you know, after school we'd have a big study hall and we'd study. So it's like a boarding school but more, yes. um, you know, institutionalised living. Yes. So uh, Because we, we hear, all we hear really is the horror stories. Exactly, exactly. And for me, to be honest, I felt, because I was young when I went in, so I was four, so I felt that the nuns... Um, you know, you hear all the love language, you know, the five love languages. Mm -hmm. I sort of felt that I didn't get the loves and the cuddles and the, yes. that most parents would get. But for me, I got validated by asking the nuns, can I do something for you? Right. So even now, I love to do things for others because uh -huh. that validates me as uh -huh. a person. So, <laughs> it's you know, it's interesting how you get your, yeah. get your love at a different age. Yeah. Um, so I adapted to it quite well. Yeah. I think the, the transition from leaving the orphanage, so at uh, when I was in my teens, yes. I had three sisters that were older and Dad decided that we're all old enough now to come home and look after ourselves. So probably that transition was quite different because, mm. I don't know, did you ever, did you watch The Queen's Gambit? It's on Netflix. You know, I must confess you I haven't watched The Queen's Gambit. My <laughs> wife has watched the whole series, okay. says how fantastic it is and you have to watch The Queen's exactly. Gambit, but go on. <laughs> so I suppose in that, she was in the institution yeah. and what I realised coming out of the institution was a very big change yes. because you're, you're in this institution, you get told what to eat, what to do, mm. um, you're very structured, mm. then you come home and you can virtually do whatever you like. But you go to school and you, you don't really feel accepted because you're a little bit different. You've come, you know, people sort of think, oh, you're from an orphanage. So mm. um, you're sort of a bit of an outcast. So it's just hard, I think, fitting in. So yeah. I didn't think that I fitted into school and I sort of just sort of floated around a bit. So mm. I really didn't find my calling, I'd say, until I found a job. Um, I, I had other, you know, little casual jobs. But when I left year 10, I had a job in real estate. Mm. And I suppose I found something that I loved doing and yes. then I went and studied and I thought that I was good at it. Yeah, and right. it sort of excited me because up until then I hadn't found something that mm. I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the transition really is the hardest point of, yeah. you know, being in, it wasn't the orphanage that was the problem. It was actually the transition between being out of the orphanage and living yes. in normal life. Yes, the same sort of structures, the same sort of issues that people have who come out of those institutional yeah, exactly. type environments, yeah, be exactly. it an orphanage or a prison yeah, exactly. or a exactly. very controlling home. Yeah, because mm. they're so used to everything being done for them in a, mm. in a way, but you're getting told what to do. And mm. then, um, so the freedom that you get then from coming home and doing whatever you like mm. is quite interesting, the opposite. So for me, you know, I adapted quite well. I just tried to do the best that I could. Yeah. Obviously, you know, my siblings, you know, they had free reign, so yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were so excited to be out and yes. not have any structure. And um, But then you can also get into the wrong hands sometimes as yes. well. But I suppose for me, um, uh, I, I sort of thought that that was probably the loneliest time yeah, personally and so transition. I suppose for me I thought how can I change my life what can I do and it's really by having a business by having money then I could actually change for the future yeah. that was my goal okay uh -huh. and did that work out for you in those few years like when um, did you feel like yeah I've got a bit more control over my life and yeah well, I suppose by earning some money yeah. and I was always like at school what could I do with what I had so you know I was an Avon lady I worked at the chicken shop I used to do babysitting so I suppose having a little bit of money and saving it and doing something with it mm. sort of gave me the empowerment that you know just 
looking after the money that you had, mm. you know, because obviously it's not a lot, but whatever money you have, it's no matter what you make, it's really what you do with it that counts. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people can make lots of money, but then they spend it so yes. they don't have anything at the end of the day. So yes. it's trying to just utilise what you have. Yes. And so I suppose my goal was to buy a property because I sort of thought if I could buy a property first, you know, what can I do? If I can save up, I can buy a property. And I just sort of went step by step. Yes. And I think that's a really important part of your story to tell because mm. uh, you perhaps can't see the fullness of what we're experiencing right now, but it is quite possibly one of the best views in Sydney right here. <laughs> uh, I think this home won, you know, prestigious house of the, the world of water <laughs> or something crazy is an absolutely gorgeous location yeah. where you are now. And obviously you're in a very different place to where you were when I you started, were 21 years yeah. of age. But what you're saying, it's not really about the size of the pot. Mm. It's, it's, it's what you do with it that counts. Exactly. It. And I feel very blessed where I am today. But obviously, we all had to start somewhere. And virtually starting with nothing, you know, you just go along the journey and do what you can each yeah. step of the way. So I know, I know even though you're living well now, there have been highs mm. and lows for you. So tell me, what are some of the main problems that people have with finances? What, what are some of the common themes? I suppose they spend more than they make. That's a really common thing. Yeah. And I suppose they think that they can't, because they don't make much money, they say, oh, there's, there's no point. I ha I, you know, there's no point saving. There's no point doing anything with mm -hmm. it because I don't have any money. But it's sort of, that's a misconception because they do have money. It's just mm. what they're doing with it. Mm. And sometimes they're spending it on stupid things mm -hmm. or silly things or they don't, you know, um, I had a friend of mine that uh, was having problems with money and I went with her to AA because AA is not only alcoholics but gambling. Yep. And that was an interesting exercise because, you know, obviously she couldn't manage her money well. So mm -hmm. it was just sort of helping her from a, a, a different perspective in just managing the money that she is getting mm -hmm. and realising, um, I think I went out for dinner with her and uh, we had dinner and she you know, ordered up a big feast and then she sort of really wasn't hungry, but then she was saying to me, um, oh, I haven't got any, you know, can, can, you, can you loan me some money for food? Because I don't have any food. And there was a big, big meal sitting there. And I said, well, why don't you take some of this home? Oh no, I can't do that, she said. I said, but that's another meal. That could be two meals. You know, so I think, I think quite practically. Yeah. But what I realised is others don't always think that way. Yeah, especially yeah. when they're very ingrained habits of behaviour. Yes, correct. Very yeah. long-term thinking mm. patterns. Mm. Uh, how you begin to break that cycle for people. Because mm. it's not just saying, hey, stupid, why don't you just do this? Yes, exactly, exactly. If, if that's entrenched. Yeah, yeah, no, true. How do you help people make that shift yeah, from... exactly unwise decisions to wise mm, decisions. Mm. And I suppose it doesn't happen overnight, but mm. slowly, if each day you wake up, you can say, you know, I don't, I don't like to focus so much on money, but I suppose money does empower you to do other things. Mm. But, you know, if you are struggling in that area, then there's obviously a problem. Address the problem. It's like, um, you know, if you want to lose weight, you say, well, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to go on fitness app and I'm going to write down everything I eat because people say, oh, I don't eat much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to write everything down. And yes. then you look at the end of the day and you think, yes. oh, wow, yeah. do I actually eat that much? Yeah, right. So it's like the same with money. It's like, I don't want it to control your life, but you do have to understand where your money's going. Yeah. So, so, so that would be one of the things you would do with people yeah, is sit tips. down and they 
they keep a tally yeah, or keep they... a tally doing money management just yeah. you can there's lots of apps there's a yeah. lot of free apps there's Have you found a good one uh, well the tax office one's not a bad one mm-hmm. um, I did join uh, Christians against poverty that's a good one for you know they do more um, uh, different dem- demographics of yes. you know people but um, there's so many free apps out there, like the tax office one's pretty good, and yes. then you can actually put your spending in that, and then when you do your tax, it's all in the one, so uh-huh. that's quite easy. But it's just understanding where your money's going, that's yes. all. I don't want you to focus on it all the time, but no. if you're spending more than you're making, then you've got a problem, so mm. you need to address it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, so, it's going to get worse. So spending more than you're making, spending money on items that you don't need to be spending yes, money on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, what about debt? How do we? What's happening with debt in Australian society? We are definitely getting a lot more, but I suppose um, you've always got to pay it off where you can. So you've got to pay off your existing debts before you can start further on. But maybe if you look down and you work out how much money you're earning, and then you put aside, because even if you pay the debt off slowly, at least you're paying it off. Mm. But a lot of people would say, "How do you eat an elephant? You know, it's too big." So it's like, just little by little, Mm. do what you can. Instead of buying a coffee, put the money into your debt and Mm. just sort of get it down Mm -hmm. any Mm. way you can. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what's happening in people's minds or what's going to happen long term with the uh, coronavirus pandemic and the government's response to really Mm. just throw a lot of money Mm. at the Mm. economy, Mm. uh, print more money, however you like to talk about it. Uh, It makes me wonder what impression that leaves in Mm. a young mind. I I know in my mind when I was growing up, Mm. having debt was a really bad thing Mm. and saving money was really Mm. important. Mm. Uh, So that was part of the value Mm. that I took on. Mm. And you kind of wonder where people's values are going to end up Mm. in 20 years' time is will debt become more normal? Mm. I think, unfortunately, it has. And you can see that people want... TVs and telephones and, you know, phones, not telephones anymore. But, you know, I think people want things now and they don't want to wait for it. So back in our day, you wouldn't buy something unless you had the money. Whereas Mm. now, because you can borrow, they would buy it and they don't really need it. Mm. So it's trying to be a bit more conscious, I think, because Mm. otherwise it does give you this false sense of um, Mm. that you need it because everybody else is needing, you know, has it, but you don't really need it. You can do with your old phone technically. Yeah, I had John Cunningham on this podcast. You oh, probably yes. know John. Yes, I did. And he was saying that the people's habits in terms of buying property have mm, changed, mm. and they people used to think of their home as something that you you buy and then you pay off to, mm, to get rid mm, of the debt. Mm, whereas mm. now they're seeing their home more as an asset. You borrow like ninety percent mm, or ninety five percent. Doesn't yeah, matter if yeah. you've got millions of dollars yeah, in debt true. because the you're just going to move mm, on. You're not going to mm, stay there forever. Mm, mm. Uh, but we talked about the fact, well, that mm. that's all fine and good mm. if your property value mm. is going to go up. Exactly. But if it goes down yeah. and then you're trying to sell and you're left with that debt. Mm. No, true, I agree. I think there's too many people out there, they've, they've got this concept that you buy like 10 units and you mortgage up to the hilt. But at some point, I think you've also got to be mindful and careful not to overextend yourself because yeah. that's when the market does come. And I mean you'll probably realise, you know, I remember the interest rates were 18%, mm. you know. So we've been through all markets and the markets will come back a bit at some point. Yeah. But, you know, having that was really scary and people yeah. lost their homes and it was terrible. Mm. Well, now if they, you only have to go up a couple of percent and it's really going to hurt people. Yeah. 
because they're buying so much. We were very excited to lock in at nine and a half percent. We thought that was a great deal. Then we just washed it. Hope that's not now. (laughs) No, no. Thankfully, we're debt free. Like to keep it that way. We'll see. Yes. So. What can people do if, if they're stuck in their finances or they've, mm-hmm. they've racked up their credit cards or whatever it is? What practical steps can people do to get out of a mess? Yeah. So I suppose, I mean, looking at you, doing like, um, you know, getting an app, trying to understand where their finances are coming from. If, if they want help, there's, you know, there's Christians Against Poverty as well, which I'm associated with, mm-hmm. that you can help people manage their money well. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to work out on paper what what you actually have coming in and coming out and then trying to work out where I can get more coming in maybe and less coming out so that mm. it can balance better. Mm. So it's just being a bit more wise with what you're doing with your money. Yeah, yeah. And what's the place of a mentor or someone who's like a financial mm. coach? Are mm-hmm. those, I mean, probably I guess a lot of people who are having financial difficulty, they haven't got the, mm. the spare cash exactly. to actually That's always the problem. invest in a coach. <laughs> to help them with their finances. Exactly. So. I suppose, you know, I look, I was thinking, um, I feel, you know, when the races, you know, you've got the bat, baton and the baton gets passed on. And I suppose for me in my life, there's been influential people that have come into my life and it's like a mentor or a yes. coach. And, and I, because obviously I was in the orphanage that I came out, um, my grandmother was around, for example, only lived next door. And so I'd visit her before I went to school and she'd give me her lunch you know, made, made some lunch for me. And then I'd come home and have a cup of tea with her. And she was a beautiful, godly woman. Mm. So I felt, you know, there was people in my life that gave me wisdom and encouragement and strength along the way. And then when she passed, there was an auntie that came along and she did the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel that in life, there's people that come along for Good seasons. Mm. And it's like, they, you know, I needed, at that time, I needed something and somebody came along and helped me. Mm and empowered me and strengthened me. And I think that's probably what a mentor for me does is because I'm com- I'm, I don't want to make all your decisions for you. No. I don't want to control your life. I really want to empower you to make the right decisions so you can learn and that you can move forward yourself. So mm. that's what I see it as. Yeah, so people might have maybe a family member or a trusted mm. friend or someone who they respect that they can go to and they can talk to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and just lay it out on the table. Exactly. You know, okay, where's the money going? And Exactly. Create... And if they don't have someone, then obviously there's people like me or you and there's coaches around that can help them get mm. out of one spot and into another. Yes. Sometimes people do need a little bit of help. Yeah. They can't. They haven't got the know-how or the facilities to sort of get them out of that yes. next yeah, and it's, it's interesting. It, it's not just about not having enough money or even having debt. I have um, friends, and he died suddenly in his um, early fifties, mm-hmm. and he hadn't done his uh, business tax for five or six years. Oh wow! And all the passwords were yeah. in his possession. <laughs> wow. When he suddenly died, and I mean suddenly, yeah. she was left with all this, wow. and. She had just trusted him mm, to mm, do what mm, he did. Mm, mm. So I think financial management mm. is is not just when things are hard and yeah, tough. Correct. That also applies to yeah, when things are going true. well. In that case, it actually wasn't going mm, well because exactly. it couldn't actually be handed over mm. to anybody. You know, true. And I have helped a lot of middle-aged ladies, for example, who their husbands have controlled everything. 
then they get a divorce or something yes. happens and they're not used to managing money and yes. they're, because their partner's done it all the time. Yes. So it's also interesting at that age, you know, mm. because it's not something that they're used to mm-hmm. and they haven't had to worry about it. But mm. now they have to because they're in a different situation. Yeah. So it's important that they get empowered and they're not, you know, they're not young, but they're, you know, at an age of 50 that they need some help and mm. guidance along as well. Mm. How important is it just this is more an interest point for me than than anything else perhaps but how important was it for you to move from being an employee to running your own business has that been Uh, a worthwhile ride for me it was fantastic because i had my own business when i was 21 and it was in real estate and for me it gave me so much um, validation i think and worth and I know you shouldn't put everything in what you're doing, but I suppose from, because I was always so busy working two or three jobs, um, doing this and then selling that so I can buy this. And, and then when I got the business, you know, for me, it was, I, I, I felt I succeeded in mm-hmm. something. And then I could be in charge of my own life and then change the life of the future mm-hmm. and future generations. Mm-hmm. Well, Leonie, you've had lots of experiences. You've got loads of wisdom. You're someone that I would feel completely comfortable talking about my life finances with. I, I think, unfortunately, for a lot of people, um, they're proud. Maybe, mm, you know, mm. oh, how's things going? Yeah, things are good, things mm, are good. And people correct. kind of cover mm, over, mm. you know, what's going on mm. behind the scenes. So getting brave and talking mm. to someone and putting it out there mm. and... Um, connecting with the likes of someone like you. If people want to contact you and mm-hmm. connect with your, what you're doing, how do they do that? So the website, Be Money Wise, is there. Um, or I can give you my mobile number and if yeah. they need some tips and mm-hmm. you know, just to get them started, I'm happy just to have a cup of tea with somebody, yes. have a conversation, yes. talk about it and just see where we can help each other. Well, there you go. If you would like some help with your finances, I'm sure Leonie would be up for a free chat with you just over a cup of tea, just to talk about how things are going. And if that was to lead to some mm. s- some more formal engagement with her and her assistance. But I just think this area of finances is so important. I'd love to keep talking about it because I think uh, being free from the pressures and the stress mm. that debt and mismanagement and chaos brings so that we are free to live the life that we're supposed to live and invest in the things that are really important. Mm. It's not about the money, the mm. money's not important, exactly. but the money issues once dealt with, they free us up to mm. focus on the things that are important. So thank you, Leonie, so much for oh, coming good. on the Animated Living Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, uh, we look forward to contacting you more through Be Money Wise. Thank you. Thank you.